Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. For its 35th anniversary, we're spotlighting Transformers the Movie. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. All right. So produced on a budget of $6 million, Transformers the Movie opened to cinemas this week, 35 years ago, August 8th, 1986. Based on the mega popular toy line and TV show, Transformers the Movie is a bold movie that not only showcased our favorite characters, but introduced a great deal of new ones to the universe. Cast to play this new group of Autobots and Decepticons were Judd Nelson, Eric Idle, Robert Stack, Leonard Nimoy, and wow, the incredible Orson Welles as Unicron. That still gets me every time. I still can't <laughs> believe that. The film was directed and co-produced by Nelson Shin with a screenplay by Ron Friedman. Sadly, the film was not a huge success at the box office, only pulling in $5.8 million. But nevertheless, its performance is no indicator of its quality. So let's jump right in. And as I've said, I, I say this a lot, but really, I mean it. I've prepared my entire life for this episode. Transformers the movie. So let's go kick it off, guys. You've got notes going back 30 years now to this movie. I rewatched it, but I really didn't have to. No, I've seen it. No, I have. I, I mean, I've seen this movie. It's got to be in the triple digits by now. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. No, in yeah. my life, I can't even I can't even count how many times I've watched it. Oh, like I mean, not so much recently, but in the earlier part of my life. Yeah, I watched it so, so many times. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I had like a I mean, it must have been like a bootleg off of a VHS store copy, like a video store copy. So I had my own copy and I watched over and over and over. I uh, I didn't see it in the theater because I, di- I didn't know it was it was a thing then, mm-hmm. you know, um, we didn't go to the theater that much when I was growing up. But uh, I remember um, my brother uh, was uh, w- uh, he invited our older cousin over. So not the one I talk about all the time, but our, <laughs> old, my, our oldest cousin was coming over and staying over at, at our house for one weekend. And. He was like, oh, I got an awesome movie for you guys to watch. And he was like, I got Transformers the movie. And it was like, you know, like from Errols or something like that. It was a mm-hmm. rental. In my head, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> I'm like, there's a movie? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I couldn't believe it. I absolutely couldn't believe it. And then like from that day on, like, you know, certainly to this day, I probably watch it at least once a year. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, but like, like Clifton was saying when I was a kid, when I was like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd watch this movie all summer. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now it was like me and and my best friend at the time, Justin, who lived in the the little townhouse row right next to me. Like we we watched it, we acted out, we did everything. This movie so so many times. And I was in the theater when it opened opening weekend. And I remember like the theater being packed. I, I like that's <laughs> one of the one of the things that stands out to me. So like the opening weekend, like all the kids and and their parents were dragged along, but all the kids went. And then I guess it didn't do too much after that for that box office figure. But I do remember that Sunday afternoon showing that I went to see being, being pretty packed and all the kids being scandalized uh, <laughs> by some, by some salty language <laughs> from some oh, of the yeah. characters. <laughs> Those are my memories of it. Or the, the theater being pretty crowded and, and every kid gasping. Uh, and some certain dialogue, not not too far into the movie. So you're saying it was like when I went to see Mamma Mia 2. Do you have to sit in the aisle for that I one? I had to sit front row for Mamma Mia 2. I'm not making that up. It was like an Avengers movie. Wow. <laughs> it was packed. Anyway, Frank, Tommy, what's what's your memory with uh, with this movie? First encounter. Let's do that. We'll do that. What's our first encounter with it? I mean, I've, this this might have been the second time that I watched it. Stop okay. it! <laughs> <laughs> there was so much about this movie that I didn't recall. Um, yeah, no, I, I didn't. I was not. I mean, I still, you know, had my my background with Transformers and 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 you know, love the Generation One stuff. But I was out of it by this point. And there was a lot of stuff. I remember, like when I saw the toys on the shelves and all that kind of stuff. I was just like, eh. You know they've moved on. They don't want. They don't want my. They don't want my business or my love anymore. <laughs> they, they're clearly. They're clearly. They're courting somebody else. So this is a joke, right? No, I'm. I'm being, I'm being completely serious. I. I was. I was past Transformers at this point. I've known you twenty years. How do I know that? How did I not know this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I was. I was like, I saw it. I saw it rented it long after. 
long after it had been a thing in movies. I didn't see it in the movie theater. Um, I didn't see it for a long time after it was out. Uh, I rented it and was like, okay. So, and, so, and, so, so wait so, a minute. So, so like, like four years ago, mm-hmm. when, when we were going to go see it in the theater for like a, for like a fandom event. Right. And it got sold out. And we right. ended up not being able to go. And we went to and we went to like Bonchon or something instead. <laughs> right, right, sure. It was going to be your second time ever seeing this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was not like Mask of the Phantasm. We went to another like fandom or like another uh, uh, Fathom events. The Fathom event. Thank you, Fathom event. Um, yeah, that, that I've seen a million times. This, no, I, I, I. It's not that that I didn't like it, but I definitely don't like it as much as either one of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay well shocker there it's a spotlight yeah. on a movie yeah so you know i i, I watched it again and, and i you know and i'm and i made appropriate notes for myself and then no, noted stuff that i didn't honestly didn't recall the second half of the movie <laughs> I, I didn't remember what the resolution was i didn't remember how they got to where they got to get in the movie yeah i mean i liked parts of it but overall it's not my thing it's not my transformers so all right, Tommy. <laughs> Man, uh, we got to pick a movie that you like to do these spotlights on. Good grief. No, no, you don't. That's the fine. That's, that's perfectly okay. I, but I, I just, it's not something that I was super excited about watching again because obviously I've only seen it once. So. All right, Tommy, you're up. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm half and half between you guys as far as <laughs> my enjoyment of this movie. I, I almost wish I didn't see it recently. Because it doesn't, it didn't, you know, I feel you can never go home again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what I got when I watched it recently. I I understand with Clifton. Back in the day, I used to love this uh, cartoon. Um, when it dropped, we saw it in movie theaters. It was me and my um, older brother and my younger brother. Father dropped us off. We went. And I remember all the moments in which everybody gasped at the one cuss word. When, mm-hmm. Two. There were two. When, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two. Yeah. Two. You're right. <laughs> And um, the amount of deaths portrayed in this movie should have made it rated R based upon the fact of they were real the kids. I mean, yeah, it didn't feel blood, but Jesus. Yeah, we'll was, get into that once we actually get into the meat of it, but yeah. Yeah, and then and then now I see it. I was like, oh, now now stories are supposed to be told. So it's like, Jesus. <laughs> I wish, I wish I okay, see. but you saw it as a kid. You saw it young. Oh, yeah, I saw it in also, the prime okay. of Transformers when uh, it did the whole transition because the movie dropped while it was still being aired. Well, new episodes were airing when um, this movie came out. Right. So it was a big event. If you paid attention to anything first se- first and second season of Transformers, when this was uh, uh, announced, everybody was bated breath to see how the hell they're going to do it. And then what weirded me out was the poster. Mm-hmm. You see the poster... I- it's like, who are these guys? You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. That's a, but that's a whole nother thing. But basically, it was probably the last movie I saw with uh, my brothers at the time it dropped. Okay. And I was so young that my youngest brother wasn't born at the time when I went to go see this one. But she, oh. but no, but yeah. <laughs> but You're talking like, the movie poster with Ultra Magnus and the Shawn Michaels pose shooting up at the sky. Yes, we didn't, okay, know, yeah. we didn't know who the hell those characters were when, right, when, yeah. when the poster dropped. So it's like we try to make sense of it. It's like, is this the same movie? If not for the lettering, yeah, hell, no, yeah, no, we, that no, that's that's an interesting thing to bring up because yeah, yeah. I mean, like I was saying in the intro, I mean, there like there's there's a lot of new people in this movie. A lot. Yeah. That's, a, that's an understatement. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, I mean, but and for me, I think thinking back to when I was watching this as a kid, like. Yeah, I mean, it is odd because you don't you don't know who all these people are, but I th- like like I remember as a kid like falling in love with Hot Rod pretty quick, like you know like I thought Hot Rod was awesome. Yeah, mine too. He was my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that the movies is interesting in that way where it's you know you get to know the characters pretty quickly and like right from the jump you kind of know what they're all about. Yeah, I mean, talking like when Tommy was talking about, you know, not being able to go back home like this is this is one of the instances where watching this. I mean, most of the time when I watch the stuff I liked as a kid, I'll still respect it for liking it as a kid. Like I can mm-hmm. see the faults and stuff and, and I'll be like, oh, you know, like I still remember how I felt then. And that's what I appreciate about it. But I can be like, yeah, like I was a kid. I was into some weird 
silly things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a few instances of things where like the response is so visceral that I can like feel exactly what I felt as a kid. And this is one of them. This right. is one of the, like this movie particularly is one of those ones where like watching it, I can still feel like what I felt the first time I watched it. Like it right. had that much of a strong imprint on me, I guess, uh, in the theaters. And and this is one of them. And yeah, like the new characters, like we'll get into, we can get into some of the business side. Cause if you've seen, uh, you know, toys that made us on Netflix, their transformers episode talks about it where it was basically like this movie was in between toy lines <laughs> and they were kind of clearing off the shelves of the previous line to bring in the next year's models. Yep. And, and the, yeah, like you can see that and, and, and think it's cynical, but like as a kid, like I ate it up, I was like, yay, new toys. Yeah. <laughs> like, like these characters are cool. I want a Springer. I want a hot rod. Like these, these characters are awesome. And just going to what Zach was saying, like they do a really good job of establishing the characters in this. I thought because mm-hmm. like, like they just pick like quick little, little things like cups, war stories, like yep. defines that character. And it's such like a quick shorthand to get you right on the page with this guy. And, and I think they do it really well throughout the movie with him, especially. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, right off the bat, it's like, okay, like, like spring Springer's the cool guy. Right. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, Alter Magnus is 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 a, you know, not the leader of the Autobots because we see Optimus Prime in the movie before we see Ultra Magnus. But we mm. know like like he's he's in command. Right. Yeah. Like like he's in a leadership position. Right. Um, And he's got a tractor trailer. So he's got to yes. he's got to be. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of the things that impresses me about the about the movie is like how they're able to do that so quickly. Like, like I say it about psycho all the time, right? What's impressive to me about psycho is like when your main character gets killed off it, midway point in the movie, spoiler alert for psycho too late. What? Uh, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, but like the rest of the movie is like, is, is, is so interesting after like what's nor what's a moment when, when, the audience should be like feeling like restless and like, Whoa, what's going on here? Right. It's kind of the way I feel about this, where it's, it's like, there's just top to bottom, like new characters. Mm. And I was fine with it. I'm fine with it now. I was fine with it as a kid. Like I said, like I fell in love with hot rods super quick. Sure. But Mm. the difference between this and psycho is that we don't have anything of the other character. It's not like there's a a whole, you know, a whole franchise of movies with, uh, was it Janet Lee? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Right. We don't have a whole like three seasons of Janet Lee and then she suddenly dies. Oops, sorry, spoiler alert. Mm. In Psycho. Well, that's what we had in this. We had three seasons of Generation One Transformers. Yeah. They get two lines into it and then they get their chest blown open. Yes. Yeah. And you never <laughs> see him again. Yeah, you never it's not there's not even enough time for you to be like, oh I just saw I just saw Ironhide eat it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he eats it bad too. Yes. Yeah, he eats yes. it bad. That's a vicious one. Yes, I get your feelings with it because I felt the same way. But I was like, "Geez, it was just like no love." I mean, <laughs> it was just—it's like the the as soon as the credits ended, and then I mean, let's start with the beginning. Yes, Autobots lost. <laughs> it's yeah. just this bow, and they're right. on the run from the Decepticon. So that right there is like, okay, they weren't winning ever. I mean, and if you watch the show. Every every skirmish ended with the Decepticons never truly winning. The Autobots won every battle. So to right. feel that they're that close to losing the entire war that they hidden on moons that we never know Cybertron, you know, had, it was just weird. And then, and as soon as uh, you get to see your favorite character and hear the <laughs> iconic voices, right? You know, uh, we've seen we've seen shots fired hundreds of times in the cartoon. Hundreds, yes. you know, mm-hmm. it, people drop, but they never die. People no. drop, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get fixed up. But this, they were getting murked. I mean, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never seen Starscream and Megatron with such pinpoint accuracy on them no. when they hit. <clears throat> and For sure. Was, and it was just so heart wrenching to see that. I was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, there's there's something about the Decepticons at this point where, like, I I remember you know one of the times watching it with a, with another buddy of ours. Um, you know, we're, we're you know at this point we had both seen it hundreds of times also, but we're watching it together. And then 
you know, he just looks over at me and he's like, he's like, Decepticons are not messing around in this movie. Like, I don't know what <laughs> happened, but for some reason they show up today. Like, no, okay. We're not doing this anymore. We're wasting them. <laughs> well, the movie, but the movie itself says, should say, you know, should, you, you, the telegraphs from the beginning, like they make a point of showing scenes of children robots in the yeah, opener when Unicron yeah. destroys that first planet. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, you know, the movie's not messing around. Because yeah. we didn't get so we got child Autobots or child Decepticons ever before this. We got you know the 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 Dinobots were you know childlike and they're you know or dumb and they're in their you know they didn't know any better. But it's not like we got a bunch. But this establishes this this world right off the bat that oh yeah there's look look there's happy families mm-hmm. and it's nope. <laughs> and then they fall the Unicron. Yep. Yes. So but no I I agree with Tommy the fact that like there's no you know it, it is not even. We don't have time to bury our dead, much less no. mourn them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just and then, over. Yeah, you know, and that to me, it's it's a, definitely a feeling of it's like an event that's like, hey, guess what? We've got new Transformers, new characters for you, and they're really cool. And I hope you're okay that we're going to sweep everyone else off the board practically because yeah. this is the show going forward. Yeah, for better or for worse, this is what this is who we're with. Is these mm-hmm. characters we're showing you now? Yeah, I mean, and I'm not, and I'm not cold to that at all. Like you know, like th- there's. Some of my favorites are 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 among the casualties, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of them, one of them's off screen, mm-hmm. you know. But you see his body. There's that moment. There's that moment when when RC is like dragging like Wind Charger's body, mm-hmm. you know, over and no, Wind Charger's not one of my favorites. Uh, I don't think he's anybody's. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like she drags it, like Wheeljack is right there. Sure. I got yeah, like my out. mom got me Wheeljack for Christmas. Yeah, one year. Like I love Wheeljack. He was always one of my favorites, and I'm like, oh, geez, like that sucks. Sure, but I mean, there's there's also a lot of dialogue cues too. Like you have that moment where Megatron screams, "Die, Autobots!" Mm -hmm. As well as (laughs) their defenses are broken. Let the slaughter begin. Yeah, yeah. You know, no. Again, it's it's one of those that I I don't you know I I understand that they were going for something you know a little more. You know, I understand what they're doing I, from a meta context. They're, they're they're resetting the shelves, but my one thing that I, that I took away from the fact that this happens is the idea that it stopped being Transformers for me. And what I mean is, like, you still have like a couple a couple of the originals survive. You know, the slaughter, this massacre, right? Mm-hmm. But from that point on, they don't transform into cars or helicopters or microscopes uh. or boom boxes. They're like a space shark <laughs> or, or a spaceship. No, 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 no. Okay. No, I'm going to challenge you. I challenge you on that. Cause no, that's, that's, that's not true. Okay. It's a car. One cup, cup is a car. RC is a car. Blur is a car. Ultra Good. Magnus is the, is, is the car carrier truck. Springer's a car. But Zach, <laughs> He's a triple changer. But Zach, I think what he's referring to is nothing is relatable anymore. It's all like, Futuristic versions yes. of, of, of vehicles, yes, or, of yeah. brand designs. Like there's no um, Porsche. No. no, it's almost uh, like it's almost like the, the, with this movie, it's almost like Peter Cullen, Frank Welker, their contracts are up. Casey Kasem, Scott McCruthers, get them out the door. By the time of that, we don't have the Porsche license anymore. We, don't have, we can't make a Jeep anymore. We can't make a Volkswagen. Well, we got we get Bumblebee, so we can make a Volkswagen Bug still. But everything else that we made before, it's done. We don't have the license to make them anymore. So then we've got to make yeah. futuristic stuff. Yeah, I never thought about that. You're and, they're not, and they're no longer robots in disguise because if you're transforming into a ship that's that's not of Earth, you know who they are. Yeah, you know what they are. Yeah, but, but okay, but that's 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 one of the things that that gets me about the movie okay. is is so Tommy, like you were saying, like right from the get go, it it starts over like it's 2005, which <laughs> when that came out, like that's the future. Yeah, for yes. them. So one, I think. That's kind of a bold thing, which, you know, it's 86 and we're, and we're doing time jump, which now everybody's right. doing now. Sure. Right. And so that that's like that's one of like the first original instances I can recall of that in my like pop culture viewing of like, oh, here's this thing that I watch. Like you said, like I watched two seasons of Transformers. I see the movie and then it's like, oh, we're in the future now. Mm-hmm. Right. And yes, the Autobots lost Cybertron. But they didn't lose Earth. That's how I that's how I read that. Like the Autobots have 
a city on Earth. But there's no allies. That's a defense. There's no allies from Earth except for the Witwickies. But no, but 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 (laughs) they don't. That that's my reading between the lines. There is is the idea that is that they lost Cybertron because they had so many people on Earth, and while they had their while they had their eyes not on Cybertron, it fell. Okay. But I'm saying my my reading of that is. There's nobody else that wants to help the Autobots besides the Witwickies. There's only Spike and Daniel. There's nobody else oh, yeah. to help them. That, was, that I won't get into. But to me, I've seen them introduce new characters, just not so vicious in the mm-hmm. transition. Like with when we got Cosmos or Power Glide or any one of those uh, uh, Transformers that we've never seen before. They were introduced in such a way that didn't make you feel like they had to wipe the slate clean of the old ones and bring in the new stock. That was that. That's the that's the one that uh, that didn't need to be so, you know, ham fisted in to make it seem like these are new Transformers. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it was just it was just that that feeling. It's like, gosh, you know, that was what. Eight, no, so. I can't I can't I can't disagree with you because I had that feeling. Yeah, that's too. Just, I think I think. But I think also that's one of the things that makes the movie memorable. I disagree. <laughs> the only, what's what's one of the things? Is, I'm sorry, I'm confused. What, what what makes one of the things of the movie memorable? I mean, the 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 fact the fact that we have heroes that die <laughs> is one of the things I think that makes it so memorable. It doesn't. It doesn't because I think I think I mean, I, granted, we're talking about it, but I also think it's it's <laughs> there's a reason why they got a lot of notes from parents and kids about this is jarring. Mm-hmm. Well, well, for <laughs> me, what made it memorable wasn't the deaths, even though they were hella jarring, it was the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music they came out of that movie, I still play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can recite uh, the most pro- profound music out of there. And then that's what, that's what to me made it okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you put, you put uh, I don't care what kind of story it is, you put great music to it. I'll watch whatever. <laughs> and fortunately to this day, I enjoyed the music. That's what made it memorable for me. Mm. I hated the deaths. <laughs> I know that's weird coming out of me. It right? is weird coming right. out of it your mouth. Weird. That's very yeah. weird. Uh- <laughs> and then, well, there's an, oh, there's another thing with the deaths that didn't make sense. And I'm mad that I noticed it now mm. because okay. like, again, like Clifton, I watched it so many times, but now with old eyes, the deaths only stopped with old with the old guard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Some. Cup got, Cup Some. And Ultra Magnus. They should have been mm-hmm. white plane too. Well, no, no. Uh, so it is interesting to me that a lot of the 84 line got wiped out. Yes. But you do have some survivors. Yes. That come out of it. And I think it's interesting because I, th- my guess is that I think I think that there were probably characters that the that the writers themselves liked because Soundwave <laughs> makes it out. Yes. Right? Because mm-hmm. the voice is awesome. You can't get rid of Soundwave. The Dinobots make it out. Mm-hmm. The Constructicons yeah. make it out. Yes. Jazz. Yep. But those are all but again, those are all later characters for the most part. No, no way. Not jazz. I'm saying the Dinobots are still fairly new at that point. The Constructicons are still fairly new at that Your point. First season. Okay. I'm just saying on toy shelves, were they still selling them or not? That's all I'm asking. As we were talking about, they weren't the first wave of toys is what I'm trying to say. That I'm not so sure about. I'm not, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, my, the history of them as waves, I don't know. Okay. I do, yeah. I know that Constructicons and Dinobots are first season of the show. Okay. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I know Perceptor is season two, yeah. which I tripped over late because I always thought he was introduced in the movie with the new guard, but he's actually he came before he's, he yeah. he came before he's in the show before yeah right um bumblebee makes it out like you were saying so there are like some people that i think that that like that are interesting you know uh, exceptions to the rule and strangely to to me starscream's not one of them mm-hmm. yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah sure. yeah there's it's there's i mean there's stuff again there's stuff with the deaths that i'm like eh. i think some deaths you know the obviously you know, again, we're, if you haven't seen this, go watch it. But <laughs> <laughs> with like with Prime's death, obviously that's a death that you should linger on, and that's important. But Starscream's death happens way too fast. Um, 
I think it's one of those things where, you know, as beloved a character as he was, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that it should have been so simple as, you know, I'm just going to blast you and turn you to ash. Yeah. <laughs> like just, you know. No, but then Galvatron steps on the crown and like smears it on the ground. It's a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, that part's fine. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. the part before it that it's just like, hey, I'm going to roll in the town and take care of Starscream. I'm like, I guess. Turns him into ash. Yeah. 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 That and like that, that and like in the early first part of it, I I definitely wanted more of a Devastator Dinobots fight. I thought that was done really quick. That mm-hmm. was done really quick. Yeah, you know, Slag takes him down though. Yeah, <laughs> nice bit, nice bit with Slag because he's he's messing the Dinobots up, but then Slag takes him off his feet. Mm-hmm. Slag yeah. with the takedown points. I like it. I was hoping <laughs> we got Metroplex. I really was hoping we were getting mm. Metroplex. Like when I, I can remember. Uh, uh, the scene went, oh my gosh, Autobot, you know, just going nuts for the Autobot City and see mm-hmm. it transform in front of everybody. And I was like, oh, we're going to get something huge. I had and that then, moment too, not- honestly, Tommy, when I first watched it too, when they said Autobot City, I was like, Metroplex? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, yes. no, no, it's not him. Like, <laughs> it's a different city. Yeah. Yeah. I do think also it's one of those things, but like, so on one of the st- DVD special features, so they don't interview the screenwriter. But they interview Flint Dilly, who was like a staff writer on the show, and he was script consultant for this. And they ask him like, like point blank, like, what were what were your thoughts when you were, you know, killing off so many of the so many of the players, especially Optimus? Mm-hmm. Like, and and his reaction was he was like, honest to God, like we didn't know, <laughs> right? Like we didn't think it was gonna be a big deal because as far as we were concerned, like you were saying. The 84 slate was being discontinued. We had the new slate of toys coming out. We figured that they were all going to all the kids were just going to like fall in love with that stuff. And they didn't know like like how how hard Prime's death would hit. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the toys weren't still selling. That's why they did it. Yeah. Ah, OK. OK. But still, I, I don't think uh, uh, even though Rodham is prime was introduced then I still hate it. <laughs> it was, it was not, even with the movie and his glorious in, introduction to the Transformers, uh, I was, in my head, I was like, "You didn't earn it. You didn't got a cool voice." I, 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 I like Judd Nelson. I didn't care for Robin's Pond, which is a which is a weird contradiction. But, mm. but yeah, I mean, Hot Rod oh. certainly looked better without the trailer. That's for that's sure. Better I, that's what I always trailer. thought. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. As a design, it didn't make sense with the trailer. <laughs> I, I didn't like the trailer design. I agree with you. I did not like the trailer design at all. But no, Springer was the cool one as far as I yeah. know. Also odd that they never had a toy for RC. That it was like, as a kid, that was always like, like I always wanted that toy and it never existed. It was strange. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there have been RC toys more recently and yes, all the, the different toy lines and collectible stuff. But yeah, back then there was not. I want to get into the acting a little bit in this movie. Because um, I'm still really impressed by it every time I watch it. And this is a weird thing, but, you know, watching as much animation as, as we do. Like, like th- this movie does yelling really well, and that's a weird thing to say, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and explain it. Right. Like you can watch like this, a perfect example. Of this is Dark Knight Returns Part Two. Right. Which I love. Right. So check it out. But there's a moment at the end where Batman is yelling to the crowd of, of you know, mutants that's now like sons of the Batman. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the voice doesn't sound like he's yelling. Right. Because there's an audio issue with this. We're like, I can't yell into the mic because it's going to get me feedback. Right. And so I think I think it's an engineering issue that makes it tricky. But this movie, like I like that there's like highs and lows to voices in here where like people are whispering, people are yelling and it sounds convincing. It sounds really, really good. You know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? No, it does. I just never noticed. I mean, I mean, that's something that you, you notice time and time again, of how sound editing goes and how it's portrayed and how voice actors are, are, are do a better job than most. So that's something that's consistent with what you pay attention to. So, it's not something that I per se pay attention to, but I can see why you would feel that way based mm. upon um, who voiced what in the performances that they gave. Some of the choices are weird for some of the characters, I thought. Yeah. 
Yes. Like who? Um, like I thought, like with Rekgar with Eric Idle, I thought that was a, kind of an odd yeah, choice. That mm-hmm. was. <laughs> no, as a kid, loved it. I, I so love it though. It yeah. <laughs> but looking back at it, I was surprised that they got. I mean, it's weird because I didn't know who he was at the time of seeing this. Right. Yeah. No, it seems like to me it it seems like a, a precursor to. I mean, I, I kept watching it now. It made me think of Robin Williams and, and Aladdin. Right, because it's pretty much the same sort of character. Right, <laughs> where it's just like fast paced, a lot of you know pop culture or, or TV references. Mm-hmm. But I just thought with Eric Idle, it was like it's not really nor- what he's known for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I have two stories. One is is I just saw a tweet the other day where somebody mm-hmm. was tweeting about like scam texts that they get, mm-hmm. and and one of them that they put up was an example of a scam text that looks like it's Russian. And then they asked somebody what it says and they were like, it's just gibberish. Like it's not even Russian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the funny bit though, is that Eric Idle reposted this and said, I think that was my monologue in Transformers. the movie." <laughs> <laughs> There's that funny bit. And the other thing is like when I was in college, my roommate uh, was a guy named Bram. We were good friends. And he had a friend who I had not met yet named Faith. And the first time I ever met her, she was at my, she was at our apartment. And like, we're watching something, we're on the couch watching something late at night. And like, we're barely talking because we've just met. Like, it's literally our first ever interaction. And whatever we're watching, it was like late night TV. It might have had like an infomercial spot between shows. She does one of the Eric Idle, one of the Rekgar quotes from Transformers the movie. Mm. Uh, and I think it was the uh, like, destroy Unicrom, kill the Grand Poobah, eliminate <laughs> even the toughest stains, mm. like out of the blue. And then she just looks at me to see if I either get it or think she's a crazy person. (laughs) And I don't say a word. I just point to my copy of Transformers the movie on our TV rack under the TV. (laughs) (laughs) And from that moment on, we were fast friends. (laughs) So that's my Eric Idle. That's my Eric Idle stories. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't know who any of these people were when I first watched it. I mean, I knew who Spock was. Right. But I didn't know... He was played by a guy named Leonard Nimoy, and that person was voicing Galvatron in this. Because, right. like, I mean, it, I was how old was I? At the, I, I was six. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't read the credits. Like, right. you know, like yeah. you hadn't seen Citizen Kane yet, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it is kind of a. I mean, it feels a little stunt cast. It's kind of stunt casted mm. in a way. Because I mean, the idea that, you, like you said, you know, getting Orson Welles is is it always I always like, oh yeah, it's Orson Welles, and it's his last movie. Yeah, is he's Unicron. But I mean, it's one of those things where I don't really. I guess they said that he was so frail by the end of it that they had to mess with they had to, to uh, adjust or, or synthesize his voice anyway. So it's kind of mm-hmm. not really like he was able yeah. to do the voice. I'd read I read that and getting ready for yeah, that. Yeah, so. he he's the the story that that flint dilly says of the special features is is you know he comes in and at this at this point he's in like poor health he's in very poor health and he's right. he said he was you know about like 450 pounds at mm. this point when he came in and he came in like like on a in a wheelchair but was able to sort of like get up and like move to the mic and stuff like that so he was able to like do the line standing it sounds like right. and such but they were saying that like he w- he wasn't in the best health and like you he was like kind of like labored breathing sometimes mm-hmm. like in the takes and stuff like that and so they were they were playing with synthesizing his voice and running it through things to sort of you know, like basically just get like usable takes out of it right but the interesting thing was is that they were saying is he was like kind of like like fascinated and giddy about the idea like I'm playing a planet this is kind of cool Right, you know, yeah, I read that. You know, I read that too. Yeah, that he was kind of excited about. Oh yeah, the plane. I'm I'm going to be, and this thing comes along, takes care. You know, they take care of me, and I'm dispatched or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The one that I thought that I did I I recognized, but I couldn't remember the 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 actor's name was the 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 guy that played Cup. Mm-hmm. Was from was Max from Heart to Heart, Lionel <laughs> something. Yeah, Lionel Strand Strander Strander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the one that I did not recall at all because I watched a bunch of Heart to Heart and he does the opening bit. You know, mm-hmm. he explains the show in the in the in the theme of what it's all about. So he's got a, and he's got a recognizable voice, and I and I'm more surprised that he's got so many of the lines that he has are not they're not actual like there's stuff that's made up for the show, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're you know like the stuff like when he's relating all his war stories about being on other planets and then 
mm-hmm. a lot of like semi-technical terms that are made up for the show, and he seems to be handling it fine. I just wondered how they got like I'd like to know the story about how in the world they got him for this, right? You yeah, know, it's not. Like I have getting- a suggestion for IDW right now. If you're listening, anybody, you're not, but if you are, <laughs> you need to do a title called Cups War Stories right now, <laughs> right now. And just have it be an anthology of just crazy, weird stories of him fighting. Like, what, what does he say in the movie? Petro rabbits right. <laughs> and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, just a title like that. People will eat it up. I see that being a Reddit um, subreddit. <laughs> but yeah, again, that's the one that I was really like. That's really a, a, a bizarre pull. You know, the other like that was not like Robert Stack's much, you know, I, Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Robert Stack. I mean, granted, he's been in you know Airplane and a bunch of other stuff, but the fact that he's doing this again, I would like to know. I'd love to know the story of how they got him as well. Mm. Ultra Magnus. Yes. I'm an Ultra. What? No. He said this was his first uh, voiceover. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. And then this is the same when they lost Clip ju- uh, Casey Kasem because mm-hmm. he was Cliff Jumper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they said this is also Scatman Crothers' last film too. Yeah, this is his last film, Scatman Crothers. You're correct. Yeah, that's jazz. Mm. So. Jazz sticks around in the show a little bit, so I'm wondering if he was recorded beforehand or if they recasted that. I don't remember, but mm-hmm, I know right. Jazz pops up season three. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't really talk. He mm-hmm. just like stands in the background a lot. Oh, and this is Judd Nelson at his height. Yeah, <laughs> this is like Breakfast Club and yeah. and Elmo's Fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that era. This is a get for them, I think. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's funny because the audience, and no one in the audience would have known who the hell he was. You know, that's the crazier part. <laughs> At least the audience wouldn't appeal. I mean, you know, ain't none of us right, in the audience seen watching Breakfast the Breakfast Club, Club. Yet. Yeah. Right. It wasn't until years later I realized who most of these people were. Years and years later. Mm-hmm. Orson Welles especially. Mashida, I knew. The voice of Blur, of course, because right. he did the Micro Machines commercials. Right. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't yeah. remember if those commercials were running yet, but I knew him around that time from other fast-talking commercial right. spots he did. And then he was in uh, Saved by the Bell later. Yep. Terrible Testaverde, yep. right? Yep, terrible Testaverde. <laughs> <laughs> awesome episode. What I like about the movie, too, is like like the animation style in there. What, what gets me about it is um, a couple of things. One is the, the animation is so good that like it, it convinces me that like that there's weight. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like, again, small little thing. But like when Springer and RC are transforming Autobot City and they're like they're pulling like the control units like out of the console and like right. and like RC's like like it looks like she's pulling with all of her weight. And I, and like, and, and that is a hard thing to do with a series of drawings. Mm-hmm. It's super, super hard to do. Um, and I like, you know, and like when I remember when right before ultra Magnus eats it, like Cyclonus and Galvatron transform. And when they land, like their knees buckle, mm-hmm. I'm like, this look like it's so good. Um, and just the detail of like that sort of stuff. Which also like brings me to the second point is like the detail of of little things like like literally like gears turning is like like dry like blows my mind. Yeah, you don't get a lot of that before that. Like that sequence of Unicron transforming, I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you know, like s- some poor guy had to storyboard that. Right. Like- <laughs> Yeah, just the like the shot when it pulls out and you see like little Galvatron on his on his abs. Yep. Like that I do always remember that shot. Yep. I remember that shot of Galvatron's face, like when it's starting, <laughs> and it's like it's the most look of terror that anybody's had in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I love that bit. I think like that's where the movie excels to me is like these little situations and like, you know, like there's weight and there's stakes to this to the like when uh, when Unicron attacks Moonbase One, and then like that sequence is so fast, we're like Jazz and Clipjumper get get sucked into the thing, and then it starts making its move towards Spike and Bumblebee on the second base, and they're talking to all the Transformers at home, and they're all like freaking out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it's still effective to me. I still like you know yeah. when Daniel's like, "What happened to my dad?" and stuff. <laughs> Sure. Like, I mean, there's, I mean, there's some definite moments that, that that they try to definitely con- convey the fear of Unicron. I like the scene early on where they, the the moment of like when they're trying to take the auto, when the the Decepticons first attack, 
and they form a Devastator, and the other the Autobots start to panic because they're like, "What are we going to do against Devastator?" Yep. Which I thought was like, as you should, yeah. you know, this giant robot's about to happen, you know, right in front of you. I like that bit. I thought that bit was nice. But yeah, there's a lot of good, you know. That's why, but that's the reason why you get the curse word. In, is what he's like, you know, what are we going to do now? Yep. You know, every kid in the theater gasped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of those curse words was removed from the VHS. Okay. That one. It was that one. It was it was that one. I never yeah. saw that one until it was released on DVD and I watched it. And I was like, whoa. Right. I'm like, that. and by that point, it's one of those things where you've seen it so many times, like any little change you notice. Right. right? right. So it was only in the U.S. releases. If you get a Canada VHS, it was on the Canadian version, which mm-hmm. I had. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the version I watched today had it. So yeah, that's that's from the more recent uh, DVD. I think they started putting it in the DVDs in the twenty fifth or twentieth anniversary DVD they put out. I think, mm. and then ever since then it's been there. That DVD had like a, a chapter mark for it, so you could go right, right to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's 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 a natural reaction to what's going on, right? I mean, what, like, what, like, how are you gonna? My only thing about like the whole plot is the idea that. No one has any idea of what he is. When I say he, I mean Unicron. Like, there's no no one has a reference point for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, they're still in the midst of their their their, their war, and their you know, the Autobots are reeling from what's happened with Optimus. But there's no like it's just sort of like he is, and he's a Transformer, but nobody knows anything about him. Right. right. So, like, quick quick summary again, though, is that the movie comes in when Autobots and Decepticons have been at war forever. It looks like Decepticons are just about to win, and uh, Autobots hold them off temporarily, and then this giant other calamity just shows up. So it's like two big conflicts right on top. Yeah. It's not as if he's a he's like a ball of energy. Like right. he's a giant one of them. Yeah. And no one stops. Nobody stops to say, "Hey, wait a minute. How do we?" How do we not know what this thing is? Mm-hmm. You know, there's no point of reference. And then the other thing is just the fact that I, I think the, the 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 Matrix itself is both a MacGuffin as well as a and Derek's Mahina for the whole plot. It's right. a huge yeah. MacGuffin. That was my other thing when in, in watching it again. I was like, oh, well, we've got this. I guess we have to use this because what else have we got? One of those things too that I'm surprised it doesn't spring up more. Also at the same time. Like, like it when when the Michael Bay movie came around and they were using the AllSpark, mm-hmm. which to my knowledge, I mean, I don't know, maybe the AllSpark appeared in some of the you know '80s Marvel comics or something like that or anything like. But you know, I, I I'm a pretty big Transformers fan, and I didn't know what the AllSpark was when that movie came out, and I, it was one of those things that surprised me. Like, why didn't they just use the Matrix? Right. I'm <laughs> right. like, I feel like everybody knows what that is. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. I, well, mm-hmm. I thought it was a, a, a huge pull from um, Beast Wars in which Spark was established as their soul. Right. Ah. So I just I just took it from that, which was right. I was like, sure. All those shots of Galvatron driving Cyclonus when it's all red remind me of Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. He's driving the Batmobile. That was another qu- funny thing. I was like, I wonder if that's I wonder if they were like actually referencing it or if it was just. You know, like, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm just kind of wondering out loud about that. But mm-hmm. it's a neat design. It's it's a cool look. How great is that scene when Starscream throws Megatron out, out of Astro Train? <laughs> it's a good one. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's one of those bits where there's just like scene after scene, like memorable scene just kind of like piled on top of each other at at that moment. I, I um we're jumping around here and everything, you know, so I, I apologize for that. But like it it's it's the crescendo to like two seasons of him every episode being like I should be ruling the Decepticons right and I like that it's the first instance of like oh okay he's weak I can get rid of him now well it's even better to set up before that when he says how do you feel mighty Megatron and then kicks him yep yeah oh yeah Yeah. and then you know he's you got the the weakened (laughs) you got the weakened Frank Welker voice saying don't leave me Soundwave and he picks him up what I love about that scene is the fact that Soundwave picks him up and then uh, Rumble, Rumble picks up his scope. Gun. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and gets it back to Astro yeah. Train yep. so they can get out of there. Well, if we're talking favorite scenes, I love it when Prime rolls up. And was it um, was it Blitzkrieg? You see his face. Oh, was it Thrust? 
You see his face on Prime's grill. Uh, it's thrust. Yeah. He's run the hell over. Yeah. Yeah. And the flip is nice. The flip with, yeah. the, you know, as he's blast Again, suddenly he's deadly accurate, too. Right. <laughs> you know, and he's blasting away at all the Decepticons. Yep. That's a nice hero shot, though. Yeah. Prime's not messing around there, either. No. <laughs> he had Sunstreaker and Hound behind him when he's saying <laughs> he's got to be stopped. Nobody came to help him. <laughs> yeah, he leaves them all behind and takes care of every last one of them. Mm-hmm. No, I love that fight, though. The fight is like when when Megatron like kicks him in the face from off mm-hmm. of his back. Like I worked that into every pretend fight I ever had with my friends. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was the coolest angle. Like, I, I still think that fight's awesome. He gets like the club thrown into his side. Oh, like, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> like the spear. Yeah. The spear. Yeah. Damn. And he's like sparking and like all the stuff is shooting out of him. They're like, like the lighting effects in this. Like, like we talked about with pride of the X-Men. It's like the same. And I mean, they're all over the place in this movie. It looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, they definitely stepped up their animation budget from the show for the movie. They knew they were going to theaters. Yeah. Cause that like all the animation effects are, are top notch for the time. Mm-hmm. And still hold up. But yeah, I love I love that bit where they get onto the train and then Starscream throws them off and then they have like the little fight of over who's gonna lead them. Right. Because also like one of my favorite bits in there is that like they form Devastator <laughs> and who takes them out? It's Rumble. It's Rumble and Fred. I love that they that they just like they're able to like take down Devastator. I just like mm-hmm. me me just being a huge Rumble fan. Anyway, <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's funny. It's the mini one that takes down the biggest. Yeah, it's weirder that they think they can form Devastator inside Astro yeah. Train. Right, well, that's, <laughs> that, that's some of the the temporal anomaly <laughs> stuff, the time space stuff they play with. Well, the other thing is Rumble is just like pounding away at the floor of yeah. the, the innards of Astro Train yeah. as well. Yeah. That's what I, I I always think that when Astro Train just like flying around and it's jerky and he's like that that yeah. can't be comfortable. No, all of those like like ravage like jumping on <laughs> jumping on right. top of whoever he, he jumped onto. Like, yeah, like, that's my spleen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that scene that scene with Megatron and Unicron at, at like right after that though is like I think one of the best scenes in the movie. Mm. You know, I love I love Megatron cracked, broken, you know, at the end of his rope. Right. Right. Which which that that shot of him, like getting sucked over where like he's he's like just kind of like helpless and bent over. He's like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just think that's such an awesome shot to show you how he's like he's so decrepit at this point and so. Just just like non-functioning mm-hmm. and it's in. On top of all of that, in that state, he's still like, like nobody controls me. <laughs> right. I love that. The ego on him still comes out, even when he has when he has no hope of defending himself. Right. The dance number is kind of weird. Extremely. The dance <laughs> like, number on the planet yeah, of the, junk. Yeah. The, yes. the, the dare to be stupid. Weird Al Yankovic, which is fine. But the dancing around and like swinging each other around bit is kind of odd. Well, it's their culture. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, but, <laughs> okay. 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 Sure. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I can't argue it, but yet, however. <laughs> okay. This song's so good. I'll just take more of it, no matter how they give it to me. It is a good Again, song. the music. The music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a funny one. So that's a Weird Al song that's not a parody, Dare to be Stupid. Right. And there's a... Uh, VH1 behind the music bit on it. You can find this video clip online. I saw it on YouTube. <laughs> it's him explaining that not all of his songs were direct parodies, that some of his songs were style parodies. So mm-hmm. he would just pick a style that he wanted to kind of like do something in the spirit of. And that was his style parody of Devo. Yeah. <laughs> and in the the behind the music thing, he talks about it and said that he actually, he played it for Mark Mothersbaugh, who he knew, who was the, the front man for Devo. And in the the behind the music, like Weird Al says that he like he thinks he thinks Mark Mothersbaugh enjoyed it. Like he seemed to he seemed to like it, mm-hmm. and seemed to like the the synthesizer sound that, that Weird Al had put together. And what's funny is the clip immediately cuts to an interview uh, with Mark Mothersbaugh, right? It's like staring off with this like thousand yard <laughs> stare, and just says, "It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard." <laughs> 
And then like says a few other things about it. And then it cuts back to Weird Al being like, I think he liked it. <laughs> he seemed to like it. And then it cuts back to Mark Mother's mom being like the like the sound he created, like like what he transformed that song into, I hate him for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a good episode, the Weird Al behind the music. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. And a good song. So. It is. No, it's a great song. No, I, I mean Yeah, I mean I'm with you. Like it is it is odd when when like you know uh uh their people are going to die right all the autobots are going to be eradicated and they're dancing around but yeah right like they, that's the last bike before the final yeah, final battle but they that's what but they had just made a truce with this you know with, with the junkion you know transformers that that you know were attacking them two minutes before mm-hmm. and they've made a truce and like it, it it honestly, like, it reads to me like you remember when the Vulcans show up at the end of First Contact, and then mm-hmm. James Cromwell is like, "I'm gonna sh- like he's gonna start showing the Vulcans like their way." Like that's what I take <laughs> that as. It's like oh. it's like Junkion's like, "Well, when you're not here, we're watching TV and we're dancing around and doing this stuff." It's their reciprocating yeah. to the universal greeting that, and the the energon good. Honest to God, that's that that's always how I've read that scene. Okay, I mean, I, it, to me, it was more like when they're when they're dancing with the Ewoks at the end of Jedi. Sure. Okay. <laughs> That's how I, I was like. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that you know, I mean, you, you still got we still got about twenty minutes of movie left when they're <laughs> when they're dancing with them on on the the junkyards or whatever. <laughs> you know, we, it's cool. And then they put Ultra Magnus together. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't make any sense to me either. So I wish he stayed dead. Oh yeah, my God. dead. That is that's one dead. of the things that that yeah. As I got older, I was always like like how yeah. There's no explanation. He's like how is he still alive when he's blown apart? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they said. I mean, this. I, I read today that they, there was a bit. Um, there was a storyboarded part where they quartered him. They draw. They drew and quartered him, and they were like, "Whoa, that's a bit too much." Mm-hmm. So they just blasted him apart instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Yeah, it makes no sense that he's not as dead as, as anybody else in, that, in, the, in, the, in the movie. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I, that was one where I was like, no, he's dead. Again, if, if anyone else, if it's that simple, he's got to put him back together, <laughs> then why don't we put any of the other ones back together? He didn't turn black, though, like, pri- like Prime <laughs> sure. and Starscream did. No, I get that. I understand <laughs> that he didn't, but that does his, his robot soul had not left his body yet. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> sure it hadn't. <laughs> He was looking down from or up from wherever, whatever, you know, afterlife there is for <laughs> Autobots and Decepticons. Maybe the Matrix protected him somehow, protected his soul. He sure was cussing like he was about to die. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is we don't, we don't ever get clear cut what the Matrix does. Mm-hmm. So. Not even remotely. <laughs> it could have saved him. It could have not preserved him. I don't know. I don't understand um, Unicron's omniscience. Like he knew exactly where that damn um, matrix was, regardless of where it was. So, mm-hmm. Nope, it's still alive. Need to take it out. Go here. Nope, he didn't do it. Yeah, like he could feel, like he's got the force somehow. Like he could yes. feel the effect. Like <laughs> he had sight beyond sight. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. For the time, he had sight beyond sight. But but yeah, but I mean, but he's got that weird brain that he where he's like he sees Prime dying. Right. Yes. And, and and the Matrix getting past the Ultra Magnus and it's like and like he's not in the room that we know of and it, like it, it's not like laser beaks in the room spying like mm-hmm. in the opening of the movie like yeah he's he he somehow knows it all yeah Autobots yeah. need well, way better security but then the other the other thing is they don't explain to you why 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 need why does he it's not like hey I'm starving and I can't move now I'm, I'm in the Odin sleep or I'm or I've eaten a planet and I have to rest and let it digest, or I'm too hungry and I can't move. It's not explained why he needs an intermediary at all. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just go get it? It would take you about two seconds to like <laughs> grab whoever and, and, you know, either tear them apart or, you know, throw them in your maw mm-hmm. and eat them. You know, there's no, that's no explanation for that either. Well, eating them is not going to do anything. Because you could just, they could just open it in his stomach. Like, like, like it happened. I watched robots turn to slag also in his stomach. <laughs> this, this happened to be what, you know, dangerous happened to get there in time because mm-hmm. the river forked that way. So therefore he was able to save them. That scene horrified me when I was a kid. It yeah. should. <laughs> <laughs> you just see him like melting and dissolving. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that, that should be terrifying. 
Yeah, I just I just wanted some kind of explanation about the Matrix, and I don't know. Maybe they get into it in like further seasons of the show because they realize, oh, we have to explain what this thing does. Right. But in the movie itself, it was kind of like, well, we have to destroy Unicron. Okay, mm-hmm. and then we destroyed Unicron because we said we needed to destroy him. Right. I just saw it as the made up thing that had to destroy the made up thing. That's all. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it was to me a circuitous. I mean the. I didn't know anything about Unicron. I didn't know about that thing to kill Unicron. So I was all right. They're both off the map now. Mm-hmm. What's left? Well, no, I, I mean, I figured they, that was the going, they didn't, they didn't establish other than the weird subplot about the, 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 you know, the justices or whatever. Mm-hmm. They didn't oh, really the, set anything else the up. So the yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and the shark decons and all that stuff. They didn't really, there was nothing, there's nowhere else to go. I mean, of course they had to destroy Unicron, but, I don't. I still don't know what you other than than you know he was a giant transformer that ate planets. I don't know anything about Unicron. Yeah, I just wish old man Tommy didn't see it and young Tommy was just seeing it because old man Tommy <laughs> just just you know looked at everything you know just just peel the the layers and see why does this work why does this work mm-hmm. I, I I was I thought I was happy with the song. With my undeveloped brain processing it, just hoping that they win in the end, despite having been massacred in the first <laughs> fifteen minutes of it. But no, I, I agree. I agree with Clifton that at the end of the day, it was very uh it was probably one of the most emotional <laughs> cartoons that I didn't think I was going to see in that way from a show that I loved at the time that it was airing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was you know, it was from it was, you know, it was it was a big event. It was penultimate chapter in the Transformers history that still resonates now. Hell, as far as everything goes, as far as what it happened and, and how people are affected by it. Yeah, I feel like we didn't do the music justice enough yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you've got the touch. Of course, I love Dare. I love Dare too. <laughs> yeah. There was a rallying cry. You kidding me? I I listen to that stuff anytime I need I need like like uh, a confidence boost for something. Yeah, a hard run. <laughs> you yeah, know, you, hard you run. Pull, pull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good workout presentation at work. Something I got to psych myself up. Yeah, it's it's you've got yeah. the touch of dare. And dare, <laughs> I dare you to play that. Yeah, d- I, yeah. I promise you play that song when you're feeling low. You think you can't accomplish nothing? Yeah, you play dare until your attitude changes. That song was in my head for my whole childhood for any everything I did. Climbing trees, everything. <laughs> <laughs> now the overall score is done by Vince DiCola, so it's very 80s synth rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very good score throughout. And then the songs, like you mentioned, the uh the touch and dare are both done by Stan Bush. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the standouts from the soundtrack. The the opening Transformers theme, which is the more rocked out version of a Transformers song, is by Lion. And then uh, Instruments of Destruction, which is the the soundtrack that accompanies Ironhide's Slaughter yep. mm. in the the uh, attack on the shuttle early in the film is by NRG. That guy's a heck of a screamer. <laughs> that, at the song. end of that song, my God, that guy, I don't, I don't mean Ironhide. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the singer of right. <laughs> Instruments of Destruction. <laughs> yeah, both work, unfortunately. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> unfortunately. And then nothing's going to stand in our way is what plays when uh, Cup and Hot Rod escape the Sharktacons. Mm-hmm. And that is by Kick Axe. <laughs> of course. Jeez. Of course. Dare to be stupid, of course, by Weird Al. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kick Axe also had a uh, song called Hunger on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Where was Hunger played? It was also on the Sharktacon planet. Hun- Hunger is when they're. When they're actually fighting the Sharktacons after the Quintessons drop them in the water. The the other mm. one, nothing's going to stand in our way is when Hot Rod's fighting the, the robot squid. When Cup, when Cup <laughs> gets ripped apart. Uh, when, they first, when they first get to the planet. Yeah, when yeah. Cup should have died. Yes. I, I was I thinking recall. those backwards. Yeah, those are both on the planet. No, yeah. Cup yeah, just had his, cool. ar- his arm and leg ripped yeah. off. He was just dismembered, but it's all right. It'll yeah, all right. it's okay. We can just fix him up. <laughs> we Tom, we haven't sold enough of his toy yet, so we're not going to get rid of him. <laughs> No, not at all. That was the most. I hated his design. I just hated Cup's design. I love Cup's Loved the design. character. Hated the design. It was what a futuristic but beat up pickup truck. I just I couldn't understand. He's a futuristic El Camino. Yeah, he's an El Camino or something. 
hate, oh, He's a space El Camino. Yeah. Ah. I hated his design. I always liked Wheelie's design. I'm going to say it. I don't care. I don't care what people think. <laughs> I just thought Wheelie was a, was a cool car. Yeah. Mm. I want to yeah, know I how he got there. Mm. I want to know how we got there with with, with yeah, an Autobot symbol. I think that that's uh, yeah. not important. I think that well, no, I just think. Look, <laughs> hey, the you know the writer in me is finding is is I'm like, you know, you could play with that. How does he get to Quintessa? Well, to me, the whole thing was it's just like with ghost robots, kid robots. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Yes, yeah. that's just just as dark. That's <laughs> <laughs> just. I just. I don't know. And I was hoping he would eat a, a human planet, except just find a robot planet. You know the problem? Mm-hmm. You find all the robot planets. Mm-hmm. And there were so, so many. So many. Yeah, it definitely makes the world bigger. That's for sure. Um, in, indeed. And then Prime comes back in a couple episodes in season three. <laughs> yeah. Yep. In Starscream later. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Starscream in, in, in a cool story, too, I think, because he comes yeah. back as like a ghost. Right. Yeah, <laughs> which is neat. He's like haunting the like he's haunting Unicron's head, like the the still orbiting Cybertron. Yeah. That's a neat idea. God, that's a cool idea. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely remember those. I did not see them as much as I watched the film <laughs> itself. That's interesting. Why didn't you watch any more of it? I watched it, just no, not as not much. It. it was did a weird you? zombie take on. It. I watched it through the Headmasters. I watched but it through all okay. that stuff. All the later generations. I thought the season three theme song was my favorite. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I love like the season a... three theme song. Huh. <laughs> okay. No, you disagree? I just felt it was just, I don't know. Is this, it, I don't know. <laughs> I like the it, choir just... or whatever saying like, ha, in the back over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ha, ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's. It's that first season so iconic. Those first five episodes, when you get that intro in yes. here for the first time, yeah, it just—I don't—it was just magical, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Because I feel like it was just a play off the ending. Because if you listen to the ending, the the end credits song, it was just a version that was just high in it, same tempo, mm-hmm. just high. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh no, was it or was it just the slow? Yes, the, the, the lyrics are the same, and are, yeah, but it's like it's it's sped up for sure. It's yeah. up tempo. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt too fast. Like they're trying to rush through the credits so they can get to the show, you know? <laughs> can you see? Watch quick, quick, quick. You know, that's what it felt like. Yeah. I like that intro a lot. And then, like, like I oh, like how, like, all the, dis- like, they, like, all the images, like, dissolved into the other ones were like it was, it was like Wheelie's wheel then dissolved into, like, the cannon of, of Galvatron's gun barrel and stuff. Like, <laughs> I just liked all the transitions of it. I thought it was neat. Okay. All right. So to close out, since uh, since we spent a lot of time talking about all the all the Transformers that didn't make it out, uh, we're going to list any Transformer that we wish uh, made it out, like survived or any Transformer that we wish uh, uh, bought it in this movie that we didn't see. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe, or leave us a review. Finally, if you have any ideas for a topic on the show, send them our way on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. All right, so we're going to go around. So so a Transformer you would save or one that you would want to you would want to kill in the movie? I, I have one request. Okay. Other than Starscream, I wanted at least one Decepticon to die. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that died. It is an interesting choice to me, always thinking about it, that Prime dies. And Megatron gets to survive in some capacity. Right. But no Decepticon died other than Starscream. Mm-hmm. And they even brought him back. Everyone else that appeared to be dead or half dead in Astral Chain got transformed. Mm-hmm. Not one Decepticon was harmed in the making of this movie. Right. Except the Insecticons. But yeah, they get transformed. And, they're, and they're, they, always yeah, had that, they always had that weird thing where like they could copy themselves. Anyway, but like, but Kickback eats it. Kickback gets his head run over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but he. But they all get turned into the sweeps. They do. They do. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, isn't there like an image in like the first season when there's like like a, a, a horde of them? Yeah, but it's like just four, the three of them. Three. It's like the three of them all like like replicating themselves. I guess. 
Am I making that up? Tell us in the comments. I don't, I'm pretty sure I, 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 I've seen that. Um, anyway. Okay. So, but who's your choice, Tommy? Oh, any Decepticon. Any, any Decepticon, any Decepticon to die. Anybody. Any. None of them die. You know, who's your least favorite? Who's your least favorite Decepticon? You don't have any, like, reflector? Anybody? <laughs> wow. Nothing. My least favorite Decepticon from the group? Huh. I don't know, Cyclonus. It was just, it was just extra. You didn't need him in his court. It was just weird. Cyclonus, Scourge. I'm like, damn, how many people got a, yeah, yeah, how many right hand mans did he have as opposed to having <laughs> none, you know? Scourge is a scary design, though. He's creepy. Is, but He's terrifying. Like, yeah, even with the goatee and stuff, mm-hmm. it's just weird. Yeah. All right, Frank, who's yours? What's the name of the, the, the microscope? Perceptor. Yeah, Perceptor should have died. He's garbage. He's useless. Which one, oh, which one is itchy? Yeah, he's a mouse. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I, I, no there's that opening bit where, where he's with Blaster, and Blaster's trying to send out a message. And oddly enough, I like the, I, you know, obviously I love all the tapes. The tapes are some of my favorite Transformers. I love Soundwave. Soundwave's one of my favorite, too. But just the fact that they all have to go up there trying to to tear off the satellite dish and they can't make the transmission always me like it made me laugh mm-hmm. i think i just like okay i guess you know a well-placed shot would well, take no. care of that rumble and frenzy are able to take off the satellite dish but then they have to crack the nuts inside sure i know i get that part <laughs> i'm just saying again a well-placed shot would take care of that they could have easily taken care of. but there's a part where where perceptor is it like oh no you know save yourself and blaster's like oh no no i'm gonna save you blaster should have been like peace out i'm gone <laughs> it's important that i stay alive so i'm gonna go no that, that was the one i was like no he shouldn't have made it mm. after all the other the gen one ones that i liked better survived he should have been mm. he should have taken you know taken a blast Blast, the blaster does make it out though yeah oh yeah, yeah. he's in the season three I'm opener i'm good with that <laughs> He's based on the uh, Transformers creator in Japan. If you watch the again the Netflix uh, toys that made us, they talked to the creator in Japan who designed a lot of them at Takara. Mm. And Perceptor is the one he says is him. So you're going straight for the creator oh. of Transformers, Frank. Oh, really? <laughs> I never oh, knew that. Wow. That's cool. That means he should have died. Hell, <laughs> Clifton, who's yours? So I say if they really wanted to break kids' hearts, they should have killed Bumblebee. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, Optimus Prime, like, when I was a kid, like, Optimus Prime's cool, but he's, like, the dad. Like, Bumblebee's mm-hmm. the one right. that the kid, that at least the kids I knew, loved. So, like, if they really wanted to to heartbreak kids, they could have just killed Bumblebee and kept them dead. Oh! You know what, though? Now that you brought up Bumblebee, there is one thing in the movie I, I love that he does. When they, when they self-destruct Moonbase 2, mm-hmm. I love that Bumblebee has to wire it. <laughs> right. Right? Because it's like, how many times have we seen something self-destruct where, like, you're, you're walking around a facility that's wired to explode all the time? <laughs> right. You just have to press this button. Uh, yeah, I love that he's engineering it. And they're like, all right, we're going to do this. And he's, like, screwing in all the cables and making the, and, like, connecting everything. Yeah. I love that yeah. bit. Yeah, killing Bumblebee would hurt. <laughs> that, would, that would hurt a lot. Um would I save? I would, uh, yeah, I would save Wheeljack, I think. I love me some Wheeljack. That one hurts. Uh, and if I could kill anybody, Power Glide. Easy. <laughs> I, I always hated Power Glide. He's annoying. So annoying. Alright, so share your thoughts with us on this awesome, awesome movie. Hit us up on the comments or on Twitter, and if you haven't seen it, check it out and let us know what you thought. Sorry for spoiling everything for you, though. Uh, as always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com. Just please remember to find us, like us, and follow us on social media. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. 